Y'all excited? Listen, man, we're going to be jumping into the Word here in a second. I'm going to pray, and we're going to jump right in. So let's, let's go to God. Father, we thank you so much, God, for the grace, God, that you have for us each and every day, Father. And God, more than anything, God, we thank you for your love, God. We thank you, God, that your love, God, is greater and powerful, Father, God, in our life. We thank you, God, that you were always pursuing us, that you were always coming after us, God. And God, I pray that tonight, Holy Spirit, that you will open up our heart, open up our ears, and Father God, to help us to receive the word tonight, God. We give you all the glory. If you believe that and receive that, say amen. Amen. All right. Listen, turn to the person next to you and say, what's good? It's time for the word. Amen. Awesome. We're going to be in Luke chapter 15 tonight. And the title of the message is, Because I Love You. Aw. Yes. Listen, uh, I'm excited about the word tonight. Uh, Luke 15 is actually just one of those uh, passages of scripture that I really enjoy just because uh, uh, Jesus uh, shares these three different stories about, um, uh, about the same thing. And each story depicts his love for people, uh, the Pharisees at this time, Pharisees were people. They were they were they were leaders, spiritual leaders, but they were very religious, very rigorous. Okay, and they're telling Jesus, you know, how come you're hanging out with all these sinners, dude? I mean, all these guys that we don't like, all these people that we don't care about. Why are you hanging out with them? Why are you hanging out with the outsiders, the outcasts? Why are you doing that? And so Jesus. He did this a lot. He would share in stories. And uh, tonight we're going to read one of those. And I'm sure that you've heard it before. Uh, it's it, it, uh, the story of the prodigal son. I'm sure you've heard it. But we're going to read it real fast. And we're going to jump into the message and we'll jump into the rest. So we're going to start in verse 11, Luke chapter 15, verse 11. And it reads like this. Jesus continued on to the third story. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, Give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. And not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything he had, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. Ew. And, but somebody's got to do it, right? And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. He was so hungry that he wanted to eat the same food that the pigs were eating. And I've heard it called slop. I've heard it called all types of things, but that's what he wanted. Um, and, but no one gave him anything. Verse 17, when he came to his senses... He said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up, went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. He was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe, 
put it on him. Put on a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the biggest, fattest calf you got and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He, is, he, is, he was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. All right, so there's a lot that's happening here. But let me just, uh, let me help you. Uh, uh, so whenever, whenever we're reading the Bible, we can find ourselves in a story. No matter where you're reading in the Bible, when you're reading it, you can find yourself, we can find ourselves somewhere in the story. And when we read this story, the father in this story represents God. The prodigal son is us. The distant country represents the world. The son's wealth is our heart, and the famine represents the emptiness that the world leaves us with. So the son, he left his father's home, and, and he said, you know what? I know what's best for me. I'm going to go and do my own thing. And the Bible says that he began to fill his heart with as much stuff that he could. And he began to fill his heart with everything that he thought would make him happy, everything that he thought would bring him pleasure, everything that he thought would bring him joy, everything that he thought that he ever wanted, he began to do. And he enjoyed it. He had fun. But it came to a point where all of a sudden, it began to leave him empty. All of a sudden, he was left with nothing. And the Bible says that he came to a point where he wanted to eat slop. It, it, it was like even when he began to continue to feed himself, after a while it felt like he was eating junk. He was left to a point where he hit rock bottom. And so he's sitting here and he's like, man. The Bible said he came to his senses and he said, you know what, listen. I realize, man, I don't deserve my dad's love. I don't deserve to be treated as a son. I screwed up too much. The only thing that I can hope for is that I can earn a little bit of my dad's love back. Maybe he'll allow me to be one of his servants. Maybe he'll let me do something. I'm sure there's something. So he began to come up with the plan and decides, you know, okay, you know what? I'm going to get up and I'm going to head back to my dad. So he's heading back to his dad's house. And I can imagine him as he is heading back, he's, he's getting the speech ready to tell his dad. And he's like, okay, you know, you know dad, you know, okay, I'm going to say it like this. You know, I want to make sure that I can say it the best way that he's going to receive it. And he's heading over to his dad. And the Bible says this, that when he came to a point, where his dad could see him. You can imagine his dad, who had been there for days. I imagine him every morning, him waking up. Whenever he did his things, he would step out to the porch and begin just to sit there all day and wait till he saw his son. And then when he wake up the next day, he'd go in the front and he'd look out until he saw his son. But the Bible says that when he began to see his son far away off, what happened? The Bible says that he got up. He took off. And he ran to his son. He wasn't just right here. The Bible says that when he was a far, a far away, long way off, he began to run to his son. And when he saw him, he embraced him. And he held him. And the Bible says that he kissed him. And he began to hug and he began to love on him. And I can imagine his son being overwhelmed by this love, saying like, oh, man, what's going on? Hold on, dad. Hold on. Hold on. I have a speech. You know, I, I got something I need to tell you. Listen, I know, you know, I messed up. And, you know, I know that you probably don't want me as your son anymore. I don't know you don't want me as your son anymore. And all of a sudden, before he can finish his speech, the Bible says that God, or sorry, that the father called out to his servants and said, listen, give my son the best of the best. We're going to throw him the biggest party because my son is home. 
Tonight, I want to talk about the love of God. Talk about how great and how mighty and how powerful the love of God is. You see, I imagine that this young man felt worthless. I imagine that this young man felt like he had nothing to give, that he was no longer valuable, that that he was no longer wanted. He felt empty. He felt that he had nothing left to offer to his father. And yet, instead of his father pushing him aside, he took him and he embraced him. And he brought him in and he loved him unconditionally. Guys, I believe that if God wants to know one, God wants us to know one thing tonight is that God loves you. Man, God loves you. And whenever I begin to kind of study this, you know, I'm not, I'm not the, I, I don't have a doctorate in theology, but I still do my best to do my due diligence to study. But in the Greek, whenever, whenever this was written, okay, the Bible wasn't originally written in English. If, you know, I, you know, I didn't know that for a while when I was younger. So uh, it was originally written in, I believe, Aramaic and then transferred to Greek. And the word love that, that is used here in this story is a word called agape. Everybody say agape. Agape. Okay, so this love is a very specific type of love. Okay, let me tell you about this love that is talked about in the story. You see, this type of love is what the Bible describes as unconditional. There's nothing that you can do to earn this type of love. It doesn't matter how great you are or how great you're not. This love is still going to love you. It doesn't matter how many times you messed up. This love is still going to love you. In fact, this love is not the type of love that you have between a boy and a girl. It's not the type of love that you see between you and your, you you know, you you and your homeboy and your homegirl. It's not you, you know, it's not the type of love that you have for your favorite food. You know, I love pizza, but it's not that type of love, okay? It's not the type of love that you have, you know, for things that you enjoy doing. This is a different type of love. In fact, this type of love is not one that you can, that you feel. It's not that I, I, I just fell in love, his name is Antoine. <laughs> I love you, Antoine. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That's not that type of love. This is a different type of, okay, I did that way too good. <laughs> Remind Melinda not to ever do that again. <laughs> no. Uh, it's not that type of love. In fact, It's the type of love, the Bible says, that it can only be shown through action. This love is shown by doing. I love in the story, whenever we read the story of the prodigal son, you, you see the love of the father that he has for his son. But not once did we see his son, to see his father say, I love you. He never said, I love you. We saw and he showed I love you by his actions. And let me tell you that God, he loves us so much, but it's not just a love that says I love you and then doesn't show it. It's a type of love that says, that shows the type of love that goes to the cross and dies in our place. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 says this, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. God is love. God doesn't love us because of anything we do, but just because he is love. 
Now, when we talk about how does God show his love, this is really amazing to me. One of the ways that God showed his love is that he became his creation. Now, listen, I'm not the best artist. Any artist in here? Any artist? There you go, Billy. Okay, that's what's up. I didn't know that. You're drawing right now. I like that. <laughs> On his arm. <laughs> I like it. Uh, if I were to take a whiteboard and draw a picture of myself, it would most likely be a stick figure. <laughs> and I were to present, present this picture. I mean, that would be my creation. I would have created that. But I don't know how I can become my creation. I can't climb into the, the whiteboard and become a stick figure on a whiteboard, right? I mean, and why would I want to do it anyways? I mean, somebody can come and just take an eraser and just erase me and then I'm gone. Until somebody draws me again with seven fingers and then I got like a beak mouth and wings and I don't know, all types of things. Okay? You know, why would I want to do that anyways? It's a 2D world, yada, yada. And I... And you think about this, God created us, and yet God became his own creation. Why would God do that? Because God is, God is not like you and me. God does not live within time. He's eternal. God does not need oxygen to live. He does not bound, he's not bound to, you know, to, you know, to our senses. He doesn't need, he doesn't need water and food to survive. God doesn't need anything. So why in the world would he limit himself just as crazy it is for me to, you know, to want to become a stick figure on a whiteboard is just as crazy why God would limit himself to a human being. Why would he do it? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. Not only did he do that, but, but he subjected himself to suffering. Now, whenever I'm talking with some teenagers sometimes, one question I get a lot whenever they're questioning their belief in God, questioning, uh, you know, why, you know, you, know, you know, if God really loves them, you know, does God really exist? One question I get a lot is, why did God create suffering? Now, I'm, again, I'm not the wisest person I don't have all the answers, but one thing I do know is that God never created suffering. In fact, suffering never entered until sin entered the world. And when, the sin, when sin entered the world, suffering, pain, and, uh, and sickness, and all these things begin to happen, and it, it wasn't God's doing, it just happened because of sin. And nevertheless, even that being the fact, not only God he became creation, he subjected himself to suffering. Jesus, he knew what it was like to lose a, a, a close friend. Jesus knew what it was like to lose a father. His father, Joseph, passed away when he was a teenager. Okay, uh, uh, you know, he knows what it's like. God could have chose any dad in the world, yet he chose one that would pass away when he was a teenager. Not only that, Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted with depression, be tempted with a lot of things that we go through. He knows what it's like to go through pain. He knows what it's like to be rejected. He knows what it's like to be an outcast. He knows what it's like. Jesus, he knows what it's like to suffer. Why would he do that? Because he loves you. 
so that, we can rel- so that he can relate to us. We don't serve a God who is a God who doesn't understand how we feel. We serve a God who understands, who has gone through what we've gone through, and who can relate to us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Not only that, Jesus, he went to the cross and he died. Why would he do that? Because he loves you. Why? Because he loves you. You know, um, I have uh, two girls. My oldest is Naomi, and I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I, I was having a conversation with my daughter the other day, and I thought I'd ask her. I said, Naomi, why do you think that mommy and daddy love you? And she was like, uh, <laughs> because, um, can I have a cookie? And I'm like, let's, let's concentrate. Why do you think daddy loves you? Uh, <laughs> because I do things for you. I'm like, baby, that does make me happy. I, I appreciate when you do that, but that's not the reason why I love you. Uh, can I have some cereal? <laughs> I'll get you some after this. Why do you think that I love you? Uh, because I get stuff for you and mommy. Because I clean my room. Listen, that does make me happy when you clean your room. But that's, that's not the reason why I love you. Um, because you're my daddy? And I said, yes! And she got so happy. She was like, yeah! She was so happy she got it right. But it's, you know, my, my love for my daughter, my daughters, is not dependent on Naomi washing the dishes, putting them up, and making sure she turns the dishwasher on, okay? She doesn't do that yet, by the way, but it would be impressive if she did. But my love isn't dependent on her because of what she does. She's not dependent if Maya cleans her room. It's not dependent if Maya makes sure she washes her hands after she used the potty. We, we, you know, we're working on that. You know, uh, you know, we're not, you know my, my love for my kids isn't dependent on what they do. It's not dependent on what they do right and what they do wrong. My love for them doesn't change. I, don't, I love them simply because I'm their father. I love them because I'm their daddy. And it just, it's just because, and that will never change anything. And listen, if there can be anything, if you can get one thing, listen, there's nothing that you can do to earn, God, to earn God's love. There's nothing that you can do to change God's love about you. God doesn't love you because you do everything right, and he doesn't take his love away when you do something wrong. No, God just loves you because he's your father, because he created you, and because he is love. All he can do is love. That's all he can ever do. Everything he does is out of love. That's just who he is. God loves. So what do we do with this type of love? Number one, we have to realize. We have to realize it. Realize that God loves you. Not because of anything different, not because of anything special, but just because he loves you. Maybe you're here tonight and you're hearing about this love and maybe you never truly accepted Jesus and received his love completely. Tonight, we can make that happen. Number two, show it. The love of God, or or, or love God with all your heart, love God um, with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength and the love your neighbor as yourself. This is what Jesus says, the ultimate commandment. Show it. Return the favor back to God. 
God loves us with everything. The least that we can do is we can live for Jesus. We can live our life for him and say, Jesus, thank you for this love. I'm going to return it back. I'm going to do my best to live for you. And number three, we can share it. You know, Ethan prayed a a beautiful prayer about breakthrough. And listen, there are people in your life, there are people in our lives that we're still praying for. Listen, we just keep loving them. We just keep sharing them. And the best way that we can share the love of Jesus is just by showing the love of Jesus, just by being unconditional and loving them overwhelmingly, continuing to be there for them.